With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Outlandish Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the All Night Long Podcast. All Night Long It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts. He is a stallion. I am the enforcer. And this week, we have two dogs in my house that are pissed. So if you hear... I, I mean, groaning, barking, biting, scratching, mutiny, gunshots. It's all this guy. It's all coming from this side of the table. But uh, another edition of the show. We're back. And you know what? It's It feels weird not having a guest, doesn't it? Like, it's it's like we're, we've been, no, it doesn't feel weird. You like being, we're, we're, we're cool being alone? Uh, I'm used to being unsuccessful in general, so I don't really, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to it. You know, I mean, as people ask me about quarantine, like, oh, how's, how's it like? Do you miss being around people? And I'm like, my life is really filled with loneliness in general. So um, it's not something that was hard for me to adjust to. So I can adjust pretty quickly to, uh, you know, not having a guest and just shooting the breeze with the uh, the enforcer. I mean, we have been FaceTiming a lot. Uh, the old, uh, my wife's ski, the natural FaceTimes you probably pretty much daily. Just seeing what's going on, making sure you're uh, still... Uh... Still ticking, and that's, that's what's important, man. Still ticking, drinking your BCAAs, eating protein, having a positive attitude. Three out of four ain't bad, yeah. right? Yeah. So this week, the new norm. I, everybody says the new norm. It's the new norm. Shut up. 
That's stupid. You know what? Stop like saying things like that. Norm what? from Cheers. Can we talk about him? <laughs> I will gladly talk about Norm from Cheers or Norm McDonald in the movie Screwed, which was also a really nice reference. So it's the thing, man. This is the new norm. Everybody's wearing your masks. Don't it? I got a lot of theories on this uh, COVID and this uh, Modelo virus. That's the name of it, right? Modelo? Yeah, it's a Mexican beer virus. Is it Modelo virus? Um, no, I think that's Red Stripe. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Jamaican. that's Jamaican. That's Stop right. the Bumble Cloud virus. Sorry, I just... That was, uh... <laughs> I'm all over the place today. It's brutal. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, seriously, in terms of professional wrestling and the professional wrestling landscape... Everybody's talking about what's the new normal, and uh, you know, really, the new normal. Every single week, you turn in, you tune into professional wrestling that's been taped or aired after March seventeenth or nineteenth. Is empty arena wrestling for the most part? Empty arena wrestling. You saw WWE straight from the get go on that first SmackDown. Just do it. I mean, off the cuff, it was probably their best SmackDown in a long time when uh, Michael Cole and Triple H were at ringside. And since then, man, you've—it's AEW to me has found a way. And tell me if you agree or disagree. Found a way to tweak it to where it doesn't look as bland and as boring as the WWE product. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, specifically, if we talk about last night's show, just as a quick example, I think. A, the fact that they have some of the wrestlers or the crew in the audience, you know, um, for the most part, six feet apart. Not always. I'm not going to say they're perfect with that. Um, and then also, I know last night they were taping down in Jacksonville, which has like an outdoor, um, you know, stadium type situation. So it kind of looks a little bit, you know, more open as opposed to like a closed set, nobody in the crowd, just like kind of dead silence except for the announcers. Uh, I think it, it comes off a little bit, a little bit better. So uh, I do think that AEW is doing a better job of presenting it right now than the WWE is. And AEW from the get-go, which is so strange because WWE has so many resources. Um, but to tight, is there an earthquake? Uh, earthquake over there. Uh, just chance. Okay. Just just chance being the man. Um, you know, from the get-go. AEW to me has done a better job in every aspect, and that's not me uh, hating on WWE. They've just done a better aspect of putting the show together, the way they shot the show, putting fans, um, putting I'm sorry, wrestlers in the stands, and also doing a better job by letting commentary just do whatever the hell they want and just be entertaining. So I think that's why um, the AEW product has been so well received. And the problem to me is, and again, correct me if if you uh, if I'm wrong here, but to me, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all feel like the same show. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, Raw and SmackDown are, again, I believe they're they're, they're taped at the Performance Center, um, and NXT is now back at full sale, so they're very similar um, in their. I mean, like Raw and SmackDown are set up and shot the same way. Um, you know, NXT is very similar to that in that respect as well, and the announcers aren't even really in the arena for the most part, too. So, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. I I don't I don't really know when I first started doing it. I was wondering if maybe they would like pipe in crowd heat or something, but I guess that's a little silly because there's, there's really no one there, so it kind of looks like they're they're putting you know sound to nothing. Um, um they they still use a microphone. Yeah, like in the ring. What? 
I can hear you. There's one camera, there's one performer, and there's no crowd. Don't grab a microphone. Who, who, and, and stop posing for the fans, too. That shit looks stupid, Joe. Stupid. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. So I think there's things about the way that they shoot it that makes it a little bit less appealing. And, you know, I'm not sure if that's the biggest reason or not uh, as to why the ratings for Raw and SmackDown specifically have been falling. Um, you know, because I know, you know, some of it could be p- people that are more watching the news and seeing what's going on with COVID each week. But, you know, I mean, when you look at last night's ratings for AEW and NXT, which those have been down just on a smaller scale, last night they went up a little. So I don't know if we'll start to see things tick back up as maybe people kind of get sick of watching the same thing every night with the COVID uh, updates, or if it really is like the way that Raw and SmackDown are being shot and presented. And it's just kind of like, I don't want to see any of this, you know, like this is not my, you know, something that people are interested in, in watching. Um, but on the bright side, I mean, not for nothing, this is sorry to uh, cut you off in terms of like you said, viewership's down because of, uh, because of the COVID and everybody watching the news. Uh, the NFL draft viewership was up like 37 or 38%. So I guess people are home, you know, what are you, what are you doing? If you're a wrestling fan and you're not, I mean, if you don't like the show, that's a different story. But there's no reason for NXT and AEW to go down. We're on SmackDown. I can totally see that. AEW and NXT, those numbers should be higher. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, uh, the good news is that all of these uh, these shows now with, with mostly no fans, right? So AEW has had fans, but a lot of the WWE shows has inspired our topic for tonight's show. Are you Are you ready to divulge what we're going to be doing on the show this evening? Tonight, we are bringing back our favorite segment, but we're going show long with it, baby. We're bringing back the five count. Three ain't enough, man. I need five. I don't have that drop, and I don't even know if we could play that anymore. I don't think so. So I'm just going to sing Big E's old entrance the entire time. Three ain't enough, man. I need five. No, I'm just kidding. So we're bringing back the five count, which is our top five This week, our five count is going to feature our top five empty arena matches slash matches since the COVID outbreak. So without further ado, I want you to kick off your list. Now, I'm not going to say this is best matches. I'm going to say this is most entertaining matches to you, like your favorite matches to make it fair. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think so. I, I spent some time today researching slash working um, on uh, historical empty arena matches um, and uh, also compared to some of the more recent ones. You know, unfortunately, I have to say that, that the last couple of months in WWE programming, there has not been a ton of great empty arena matches except for maybe the things that occurred over uh, WrestleMania weekend. Um, so anyway... I put in one entry from more current times, which is my fifth entry on the list, which is um, the uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens match from WrestleMania night one uh, in, in uh, 2020, which I just thought was the best match, at least my favorite match, right, of the weekend from uh, the empty arena, you know, uh, no crowd WrestleMania weekend. Uh, cinematic matches aside, right, because I feel like the Boneyard match and... Uh, I guess what ended up being the Gargano Champa match on NXT TV a little bit later was more cinematically shot. Same thing with the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, 
Those are movies. Those to me, those are not matches. Yeah, so I didn't count those. Um, so I went with Ed, uh, Edge. I went with uh, Owens and uh, Seth Rollins because I like that feud building up to it. I thought they had a, a good brawl um, around. They used the empty arena to their advantage, um, and uh, you know, I thought it told a good story. And it was nice to see Owens overcome you know some of the perceived failures that he'd had at WrestleMania, even though that was a little bit of a stretch. Um, you know, and finally beat you know Rollins, who was built up as a big heel. So I enjoyed that match. I thought it was the the best, my favorite match of the WrestleMania weekend. Um, so I went with that as number five. Well, we're off to a uh, rough rough start here on the uh, A N L W P. As per, I also had Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens uh, on my list. So everything you said, um, I'm just going to echo your sentiments. And Kevin Owens getting his big WrestleMania spot was cool. But, um, yeah, I think for my money, as far as a professional wrestling match, WrestleMania weekend, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley had a better match. But based upon the uh, gimmickry of the uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens match, I went with that one at number five as well. Number four, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll take the lead here. Number four, um, I'm looking at this like, you know, at this list, you have to be able to entertain the fans watching at home in an empty arena match. No matter what it is, you can't play to the crowd. Um, if I'm entertained sitting on my couch watching a professional wrestling show without a crowd whatsoever, then you've done a good job. Um, for me, Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida a couple of weeks ago on AEW was really, I, it was a breakout match for both of those women and for them like, they were both really good going into it. Britt Baker really hadn't hit that second level and to have the all eyes on me kind of feeling and those two delivered. It was I watched the match twice. It was a really really good match and it cemented Britt Baker as this next level just douchey heel that is so so great so for me it was Sheeta and Britt Baker mm. um so the rest oh, of wait, what's sorry what's with the I mean I understand I understand um so number four on my list is <laughs> is uh all the rest of mine are are historical so like not historical but in from the past so um the fourth one on my list was uh, one of the matches I watched today um, when I was looking up you know, all the different empty arena matches that have happened in history. And it was a match between, um, from the NWA, it was Tim Storm and Josephus from about two years ago. They wrestled in an empty arena, actually, I believe, in the impact zone for whatever reason. I'm not sure why that was, but they wrestled in the impact zone. Because <laughs> there's never anybody there anyway, right? That's right. Only Jeremy Borash and Sam Shaw on commentary for this one, actually. Um so I watched it. It's available on YouTube, on NWA's YouTube, and they, they show you know a nice video package beforehand to un- make you understand why they had the match and then uh, what the aftermath, aftermath of the match was. Um, and long story short, they had had a feud while Tim Storm was the NWA champion. Uh, Storm had kind of had beaten Josephus. He ended up losing the title to Nick Aldis in part because Josephus had, Josephus had injured his ribs um, in a previous match. Um, they ended up challenging in this match in an empty arena match and um the winner ended up getting a title shot uh, at the nwa world title um and again it was a very personal type feud i know josephus had made some sort of comments or statements about tim storm's uh wife and his grandchildren and his job and things like that so it had a lot of uh, personal 
uh, vendetta to it. And uh, basically, Storm kicked his ass for the first like 10 or 15 minutes, like pretty good. And um, I thought they just had a good brawl. It was pretty intense. And uh, the finish was like a little bit of a nasty bump that Tim Storm took off the top rope. He was on the top rope. Um, Josephus hit him with a chair leg. He then fell into a ladder that was set up across like the barricade and then fell off of that onto a ladder on the floor and got pinned. So it was pretty rough, wow. um, but I, I enjoyed it. So um, again, it's something that's free on YouTube for anybody who's interested in checking it out if you're an NWA or a Tim Storm fan. And uh, that's it. That's number four for me. I guess I'm number three. I got to go three now, right? I'm three. Okay. Yeah. So another one that I found uh, in the uh, the annals of history of uh, empty arena matches. Yeah. Annals. Not not something else. Is the second A like silent? Dutch. It's Dutch. But it's a Dutch word. I thought um, so. So there was a match from uh, the year 2010 um, in Impact. And it was actually... Nope. I'm calling erroneous. Nope. I know exactly what match you're talking about, too. What is it? It's Generation Me versus uh, Motor City, right? Yeah. Empty Arena. So uh, it was on a show called TNA Reaction, I believe, in 2010. So um, it was shot a little bit differently, I saw, like in just the way that it was kind of, um, you know, it wasn't like a standard, like, hard camera at the ring. There was a lot of different angles and stuff. But, you know, those two teams, of course, have had a lot of good matches in the past in a lot of different um, companies. And I thought this was a very good match that they had between the two of them. It's not very long, but it was pretty intense. There was a lot of uh, pretty cool spots. It was you know, uh, a younger version of the Young Bucks, right? Back when they were Gen Me and uh, Motor City was kind of more of the established tag team. So again, something that you can check out. It is on YouTube. The video quality is not great. So anybody who looks for it, but it still was good enough for me to get a feel for the match. And uh, I put that as number three on my list. I'm not sure why you were looking to disqualify that from the list. I just feel like you you didn't see it when it happened. You know, I feel like there's a, you know, that's fine. That's good, you know. I mean, if you're gonna uh, shit all over my sheet and Britt Baker, you know, I'm just. I don't think I. Street. I don't think I shit on it. I was just. You went you know, as soon as I delivered it. You went. Eh. Well, there's fans well, there's, in the there's fans in the arena. That that was my my main thing. But I know you said it was slash post COVID uh, nineteen matches as well, so that qualifies. Um, yeah, there's been like eight empty arena matches ever before this, so it was it is my fault. Um, well, fan. I mean. COVID, I, I, technically there's no fans. They are only wrestlers. Boom! I got nothing. What's number three? All right. <clears throat> number three, uh, you're, then you're going to love this one. Last night, Los Sex Gods versus Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. I was just thoroughly entertained, man. I, th- I thought it was it, it was funny. It was, uh, was kind of everything Edge and Randy Orton should have been sans the comedy, but it wasn't. I, I just, I really enjoyed it last night. The, the Sammy Guevara getting chased down by Matt Hardy in a golf cart is like reminiscent of a, it was a big show Kane and Raven, right? Back at SummerSlam many, many years ago. Um, he took one hell of a bump off of the, the front of the golf cart, dude. That was, that was brutal. But I really, I, I just liked it for what it was, man. You know, it's such a different time right now. I just want to be, like having fun watching wrestling. And I find that with the creative freedom, these guys have last night, they were able to deliver um, a lot of fun. So for me, it was less sex gods, by the way, what a great shirt. You should probably look into getting one of those. It was the best less sex gods match I've ever seen. I'll say that much for sure. 
It's fantastic. I know you're like you wake up in the morning genuflecting on pictures of broken Matt Hardy. So it's uh it, it says a lot. It really does. I don't know how to So that was my number three. By the way, big show Kane Ravens, WrestleMania seventeen. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Look at that. That's why they call you WrestlePedia, buddy. Um yeah, these two back to back. I think we're gonna have probably the same uh one and two. Probably. Yeah. Um all right. I'm gonna because of the one I watched live and one I didn't, so that's why I'm gonna switch them. Number two, Terry Funk, Jerry Lawler. Um it I mean talking about setting the standard for empty arena matches, the storyline going in was Terry Funk said he couldn't get a fair shake anywhere uh, because everywhere is Lawler's hometown. They were Memphis, yada, yada, yada. And then it just was born off of a promo, which I think is just absolutely amazing. And um, for them to do that off of just come up with that idea on the fly and see like, oh, let's, let's see if this works. It was brutal, um, bloody, everything you expected from Memphis in 1982. Three? <laughs> I thought it was eighty-one, but I could be wrong about that. But that's—I uh, mean, I think it's early '80s. Uh, you know, Memphis, Memphis area, Memphis territory um, stuff. And uh, it was—I mean, yeah—I I agree with everything that you that you said. I mean, it was really um, those two guys as person wrestling personalities, right? Are just uh, probably two of the best ever. And um, Terry Funk is something else, I guess, to watch, especially you know over the years and different parts of his career yeah and to me these two had the ability to really make it feel like you were a voyeur watching two guys fight not a professional wrestling match they were literally two guys that were just beating the shit out of each other in an empty arena and you would just have to like have a camera there watching it it didn't feel the way they were talking trash to each other in between you know the spots and and as the fighting it was really really raw really really good stuff so that was my number two. Yep, I agree. I mean, that's, yeah, I agree with everything you said on that. And, um, you know, so I think we probably have the same top two, which is, um, you know, the second. For me, I had halftime heat between The Rock and Mankind as number two. Um, again, it's Super Bowl. I think the, it was the year was 1999, January of 99. Um, the Rock and Mankind had been going, trading the title back and forth in a feud that started uh, from November and Survivor Series. And uh, kept going into the beginning of 99. So um, this, again, it was an empty arena match. It took place during halftime in the Super Bowl. Uh, they went all over the arena. I believe Vince McMahon was doing commentary for this, which was kind of a, a neat, a little bit of a neat throwback at the time after he had switched over to the uh, Mr. McMahon corporate character. And, uh, yeah, again, you know Foley. Everyone knows Foley's history with empty arena or just the hardcore matches in general. He... Um, you know, really does a lot of crazy bumps and special stuff. And uh, the trash talk, I think, was great, of course, with The Rock. And most people, I think, remember the finish, which is the uh, the forklift um, being, you know, Mankind putting it down. Yes, and the camera angle of uh, The Rock seeing the forklift come down on him and, and pinning and uh, Mankind pinning The Rock to win the title. So, um, you know, I think at that time, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we were younger. It was something that that generation of fans probably had not seen very much. You know, the younger, like the teenagers, you know, people like that. Um, so it was really, it was really a cool thing, and uh, it was number two on my list. And number one was, in fact, for me, uh, Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler. 
Yeah, not too much I can add to everything that you mentioned. It was very much as you described. You know, it was a very much a fight. They were fighting through the uh, empty arena. You're going to finish too. Go ahead. The finish. What did you think of the finish of that match? Oh, the eye, the eye injury. Yeah, when he. I mean, that that's what made it feel so real to me. Yeah, there was. I mean, in the start of it too, really. You know, watching it with, uh, you know, Lawler showed up a few minutes after Funk had got there, so Funk was kind of. Uh, you know, giving it to Lance Russell at, at ringside because it was just Lance Russell and a cameraman were asked to come to film it. Um, they still kind of start filming it. Uh, Funk is annoyed that Lawler shows up late. He gets on Lance Russell's case. Lawler finally shows up and he trash talks him. He shows up late and then he gives him an opportunity to leave. I thought that was one of the fun. That was one of the best parts. He's like, "You can leave now if you want to just walk away." And I'm like, "He just waited five minutes for this guy to show up." Um, so they do the brawl and all that stuff. And yeah, it, it definitely felt like a real deal. And there was no like uh, three count finish. It was just they they fought. Um, Funk had the eye injury, and they cut they cut away from it and went back to like somebody at a desk, and that's when the you know again it's on YouTube or Daily Motion for people who want to check it out. Um, you know, so I, again I, that the realism of it and just those two guys, uh, I, that's why I put it number one on the list for me. Yeah, there's no wrong way to go. Um, I remember when Funk was trying to stab Lawler in the eye, and Lawler got away and kicked the uh, the spike into Funk's eye. Funk stole it like he literally just. He just lost his eye. I thought it was so cool. Uh, number one for me is halftime heat, mainly because I, I watched it live. And I remember watching the Super Bowl. I couldn't tell you what the Super Bowl was that year, but I remember flipping over from the Super Bowl to halftime heat and just being like, holy shit, what am I watching? It was probably at the peak of everything for the WWE. And for them to be so bullish to counter program, like the, the, the fucking Super Bowl halftime show, which has billions of viewers J- janet jackson showed a titty right you never know what's going to happen at the halftime show and like it's always like oh who's going to perform and all this stuff and they, they did it man and it was uh it was so memorable i remember when i was watching it, like the top right corner it even told you like how long you had until kickoff and i think my favorite spot was when um they're in the office and the phone rings and rock takes a phone call he's like oh Looking for mankind? No, no. He's he's got a. I got my foot three quarters way up his ass right now, and he starts st- stomping him. It, it was really, uh, really good stuff. Do you have any runners up? Any uh, match that you really enjoyed? Maybe more modern era that didn't make the list. <laughs> well, I mean, I I mean, uh, you know, the other couple matches I I found, um, you know, again there was a TNA match from two thousand and nine between Kurt Angle and Sting that was done in an empty arena. I did see that live when it happened, um, but I didn't put it on the list because it really had no finish. They were just brawling, and it was like they were both in the main event mafia at that time for anybody who followed TNA back in that era. MEM. And uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner came out to basically to break it up, and they decided to shake hands, and when they shook hands, Kurt Angle basically just spit in Sting's face, and they just kept brawling, and that was it. So I didn't put that on there for, for that reason. Um, and, you know, I guess... Something more modern. Again, it's not an empty arena match, but the you know they did another halftime heat um, in 2019 during the Super Bowl, and it was NXT had it was like a, I think it was an eight man, six man or an eight man, I can't remember. Um, that was like uh, went 100 miles an hour um, with the team for like eight minutes, right, or something crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was a really really fast paced and uh, and crazy match. So um, you know I think it was it's something worth. Um, you know, if, if something if someone has like 15 minutes to kill and you want to watch something on the network, it was like, like I said, it was really, really fast paced and really, I thought it was a really great match. Um, but you know, they had again, they had people there. Uh, I think they had families and stuff of of the wrestlers in the uh, 
in NXT's arena watching it, but uh, still really some, something really good. So it's kind of in the same vein of uh, the rest of this, but how about you? Uh, the only one that came close that didn't make it was the women's ladder match. Uh, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Candice LeRae, and Chelsea Green. I think it was. That was um, that was a really well done ladder match. Uh, they had some uh, awesome spots in it. Everybody got a chance to shine, and you know, to being able to put on a ladder match without that uh, the the crowd and the adrenaline and all that stuff. Those those six women worked. Six, one, two, three, four, seven, two, six. I think it was six. Fives. I was right. Six. Those six women worked super hard in the finish with the sunset flip powerbomb to the outside. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed that match. So that was just a bit outside my top five. So that's it, man. That's uh, our show this week for the empty arena slash COVID Modelo virus matches. Um, we got a <laughs> guess me every time. We got a couple of um, couple of shows in the can. Uh, actually, not in the can that we have up the last couple of weeks. Interviews. We had Ava Everett on. We had Heather Monroe last week. We dissected and broke down the Ric Flair Rick Steamboat trilogy from 1989. So, at the very least, you're getting average to below average material in your quarantine, and we hope that us here at the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast can facilitate that for you. Joe, should I? Should I tell everybody what they got next week coming? No, I don't think so. I feel like that's <laughs> anytime we do stuff like that, it really backfires on us pretty good. So, um, yeah, we're, right. we're working on we're working on some things for next week. Up a couple of different topics, maybe uh, that we can uh, we can discuss with people. And uh, like you said, I if I can <clears throat> look no further. If you're looking for average to below average content, then uh, then uh, our podcast, I think it's you know, really really footing the bill. Well, listen, I'm going to I'm going to tease it and I'm going to say if you're a fan of wrestling and you're a fan of video games, you might want to stick around our Twitter 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time next Wednesday after we 100 percent confirm our guest and then uh, we'll uh, announce who's going to be on that night and maybe even take some questions from the Twitterverse. You what's with the shake in your head, man? I didn't say anything. No, it's good, man. I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be. Uh, we're gonna have the entire panel of WWE 2K20 and 2K19 on, so we could ask why the games were so fucking atrocious. We tried to play it last weekend. I know they're not. We're we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but you and I spent 44 minutes playing. Um, I don't fucking no mercy. No mercy. Uh, yeah, it was myself. It was a tag team match. I was Chris Jericho and the British Bulldog. You were Edge and Christian. For the first 35 minutes, we couldn't figure out how to pin. Once we did, you uh, you took the W. I put a picture up of that screen. It was a loss, but is, wasn't it crazy going from playing No Mercy to WWE 2K19 and how much 2K19 sucked by comparison? <laughs> that's bold. That's bold. It's very different, of course. It's they're about uh, you know 20 years apart in uh, in terms of the games themselves and the gameplay and the graphics. So, uh, but I think you know people. A lot of, I think, wrestling video game fans um, miss that old engine of No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000 from back around that era, and they would like to see um, something like that come back, and hopefully maybe that'll happen with AEW. I don't know, but uh, definitely, yeah, definitely different style. Sure, and I'm going to you know, brush up my No Mercy before you come over for double or nothing in a couple of weeks, so I'll be ready for you. 
But in the meantime, we implore all of you guys to check out all of our friends everywhere on social media. We are at all night long WP everywhere you media socially and you distance yourself. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash all night long wrestling podcast. That's it for another edition of the show. And we are tapping out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.